Bible's last uh, book in First Thessalonians. And so you can go ahead and turn in your respective Bibles or, uh, or in your apps if that's what you're utilizing. Uh, all of my scripture references will be coming from the New Living Translation. So what I read may read differently than what you read depending on what version of the Bible uh, you, you're reading. And so again, for those of you that may not be familiar with the term slipping, it's an urban term, right? I, I picked it on purpose because I wanted to tweak the interest of the people to get them to what, what, what is he, what is the preacher going to talk about? And so it's, a, it's an urban term which simply means uh, not to be caught off guard in an awful bad way. You know, and so, so you know, and so, so you got, for example, you've heard, you know, people wasn't paying attention and they got something taken because they, they were, they were slipping. They weren't on God. And so, again, I, I chose that title uh, for, for this particular lesson. In our text, and, and it's very relevant, right? Because in our text, First Thessalonians uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, and throughout this particular passage, Paul knows that the Thessalonians want to hear about the times and the seasons. They want to have or to know a timeline for Jesus' return. Just like back then, People want to know when Jesus is coming back. For hundreds of years, people have been making predictions. Y'all know what a prediction is, right? It's just a guess. They have been making predictions about the end of the world and the second coming of Jesus Christ. These predictions, Brother Major, are being made based on the signs of the time. And so Paul, in this particular passage, is going to answer or alleviate some of their concerns concerning this question. And so we're going to read verse 1, and then we'll just talk about it. Verse 1, Thessalonians chapter 5. He says this, Now concerning how and when all these things will happen, dear brothers and sisters, so he's talking, Paul, this letter that Paul is talking to or, or addressing is, is specifically for Christian brothers and sisters. He says, we don't really need to write you about that. Huh. He, he said, maybe he gives them up from, I shouldn't have to tell you this, but, but just in case you don't know, let me tell you. Paul reminded Thessalonians, and now us, that we will not get an answer to that question. If anybody tells you that they know when Jesus Christ is coming, it is very likely that they're lying to you. No man has been given that answer. And so you need to understand that. And what, but what Paul is telling us that, because he wants you to make and Beth and Adrian and Brother Mike, he don't want you to be focusing on when Jesus is coming back. 
He don't want you to, you know, because, you know, and, and I'm a very, I love my calendar, mother. I do, I do, I, I do, I, I put everything in my calendar. But, but one thing I haven't put in my calendar is the date of Jesus Christ, because I don't know it. And he's saying, he's letting them know, Brother Hurt, don't be so focused on when he may come that you lose focus on him. (laughs) You know, you can be concentrating on trying to figure out when he comes, and you can lose the focus on what he wants you to be doing while he's not here. And so he addresses this. He says this. So before I, before, before I go any farther, I just got to ask this question. And, and it's open to anybody. And here's my question. If you knew for certain that Jesus was going to return tomorrow at noon, what would you be doing tomorrow at noon? Anybody? Well, yeah, you got to prepare. Flex looks on your face. I mean, what would you, just anybody, 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 anybody care to take a stab at that one? If I, if I, if I, if you knew for certain, Gloria, that Jesus was going to come back tomorrow, 13 October at noon, what would you be doing? I don't know. Woo. Okay. Anybody else? Get a mic, because you, you, you. Major, you, you're famous for not using the mic. Yes, sir. Just, just, just. If, if, if I didn't have it right, I'll, I'll be trying to get it right. Okay. I, I'd be trying to get some things in order. Okay. Anybody? I see. Wait, no, 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 we, we, we're not going to blurt out. Not tonight. Because I want the people online to enjoy the same experience that we're doing here in, in, in person. Hey, Major, I do this now, trying to get it right. <laughs> oh, I ain't got it right. <laughs> I have something that's right. I would be fasting and praying. Okay. Anybody else? Oh, good answer. All good answers. But one of the best answers probably would be, if you're living right, or trying to live right, is that you would be doing the same thing you're doing now. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because if, you, if, if you're going to try to wait till he come to get it right, <laughs> chances are you're going to get caught slipping. All I'm saying, Major, if, if, if you're doing the best of your ability right now, it don't matter when Jesus comes. Oh, that's deep, ain't it? No, you, you ain't got a mic. And, and, and for you, you respond, Major, well, we want Major and you. Get, somebody get Doc a mic. Let's, let's line the mics up so we can... We can, okay, you go. Like, like she said, I mean, I'm sure we all have some things to work on. Like she said, we don't have it all right. So, but if you knew tomorrow at noon, I'm sure you'd be cleaning up the house a little bit better. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead, Doc. 
Okay, I'm going to be absolutely honest. If I knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow at noon, I probably would be up all night long talking to some folks. <laughs> okay. Because if I knew that he's coming back tomorrow, then their chance for having any form of redemption is going away very quickly. And so with that mindset, I would sort of be on the phone, on the line, letting folks know, hey, dude, time to get it right. Time to get it right like now. All of these answers are great. I'm just saying all of those things that you would be doing if you knew he was certain to come at 12, you should be doing them now. <laughs> because you ain't gonna, you, he ain't going to give you no advance notice. So if there's some folk that you need to target, Doc, you need to target them now. If there's some things that, Major, we, every morning, glory, every morning, Sister Latham, every morning, Adrian, we should be giving up, getting up and doing a self-examination of ourselves. And working on that so that if Jesus comes, ah, come on. Because he, you, we're going to see later in our text, you ain't going to have no idea. You, there's not going to be an ample time for you to make any adjustments. When he decides to come. <laughs> yeah. We can all say that, hey, that there's things we got to be working on. And, and, and that's a true statement. Start working on it, is all I'm saying. Don't, don't, don't put off tomorrow to what you can be doing. You know how we, now some people are because, and because that's the reason they were asking the question, Adrian. They wanted to know because what happens is some people want to be, they want to know so that they can, okay, he coming tomorrow. I'm going to wait till the last minute and do all my dirt tonight. Can I be honest? I'm all, you know, I'm going to get back to it. Can I be honest? Yeah, yeah, see, because yeah, yeah, a lot of people can't handle me because I'm transparent, but I'm going to be honest. My, back in the day, before I got a, a true relationship with Jesus Christ, I already had this thing scoped out, Adrian. I was going to get saved when I was about 70. <laughs> what you talking about? When I was, you know, Doc, I was, when I had ran like a, a, a thoroughbred. I, I know I'm the only one that thinks like that. <laughs> Right, hey, hey, Mike, I was going to run so hard, man. When I got through, you can come. Now I'm done. Jesus got to me. <laughs> That's what happened. You understand what I'm saying? And so in this passage, Paul wants to address, because he's going to make it perfectly clear that Jesus is coming back. Because there are some folk, because, because he ain't back already, and because some, Adrian, he's been standing for, in their minds for so long, some have lost sight that he's coming back. After all, Doc, they were saying that when your grandmama was born. 
Those places they were saying that when your daddy, 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 daddy was born. And some people have lost the focus that Jesus Christ is coming fast. And what I want us to learn from this, this, what Paul wants us to learn is don't lose focus. He is coming back. Verse 1. Any, any question, any additional comment? Here's again, he's talking to believers. Verse 2, New Living Translation. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night. <laughs> what? And see, we're going we're to talk about a thief here in a minute. He's going to come unexpectedly. When you hear the term unexpected, what does that mean to you? Huh? Surprise, surprise. But he says, he's coming back. So let, let, let's, let's, let, 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 let's examine it. For, the, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord return will come unexpected like a thief in the night. Paul elaborates on the point that Jesus' return is certain. He wants them to know that Jesus', Jesus return is imminent and it is factual information. Y'all need to understand. It's, it's a fact that Jesus is coming back. It's a fact that is certain that he's coming back. The only thing that you don't know is when he's coming back. <laughs> But he says when he comes back, it's going to be unexpected like a thief creeping in the night. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> See, can I, can I be transparent? Before I was saved, I was a thief. <laughs> and, and guess what made you? When I, when I, when I, I ain't going to tell it because if I, if, I, if I tell it, then, then y'all ain't going to look at me the same. But I'm changed now. But, the, but when, I, when I used to creep on you, Major, you didn't have no idea. And I didn't do it in the daytime. I waited till you went there. No, 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 no. Go ahead, get, get, get your mic. I mean, but, like you said, if we're being real, we prepare. If we think that someone's going to break into our house, we prepare for that. Just like a, a thief in the night. Like a thief, so you're going to lock your doors, you're going to okay, okay. close your windows. Okay. Oh, because you know it, it may or may not come back. That, that would be prudent. But everybody don't live like that. <laughs> see, see look, first wait, of all, let, wait, let me wait, give you some wait, character. Because I'm going to give you a true story that happened in my hood, my neighborhood. And I live in a pretty decent neighborhood. But I'm going to give you a true story that's going to point this point out. So, so we just allow a thief, we, so we know that there's a possibility that if you leave your house car unlocked, a thief could come in and rob you. You would be wise to think like that. But I want you to know 
But everybody don't think like that. I know you think everybody do. It depends on your neighborhood. But they don't. Depends on your neighborhood. Not, not only just in the neighborhood, I'm just talking. So, 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 so. If, if I live in Harlem, I'm locking my doors. You ever lived in Harlem? Yes, I have. Okay. <laughs> yes, I have. Yes, I have. I'm locking my doors. And everybody in the neighborhood is locking their doors because there's a great possibility. Because we've seen it happen. And that's so, the point he's trying to make. You want to prepare for that situation happen if it ever were to happen, right? So, so let me, you, so you, you're making my point. If, it's not if inevitably, inevitably you're going to get robbed. You're going to get robbed. So I'm not going to wait until it happens so, so, before so again, I start locking my doors. I'm going to start locking my doors to keep it no, no, from happening. But, but, but Major don't know that every time he talks, he's reinforcing my point. Major. That's good, that's though. Real, that's good. Every, every word you say, you I'm helping him out. I'm helping him out. I'm helping him out. <laughs> you, helping, you, you helping me. I had a question. Major, yeah. you don't lock your door in Navarre? I didn't say Navarre. I said... No, no, no. Elle no, no, said, no. Elle said, yeah, no, yes, no, I, no. yes, I do. I'm just checking. You lock your door in Charlemagne? I don't live in Charlemagne, but yeah, I yeah, lock yeah, it there, yeah, too. Yeah. Where, where you live, but though? It really doesn't matter what neighborhood you live Niceville. in. Niceville. You... L said everybody don't think like that. I, I no, mean, no, no, I no, no. I don't know where somebody would say, no, I'm not going to be prepared. Okay, me, okay, okay. No, 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 but, but, but Doc asked a good question. Everybody, if you're going to be prepared for a thief, all of y'all, no matter where you at. But you say everybody don't think like that. that no, because I'm, no, no, because just because, because I'm making, that's a true statement. Everybody don't think like what you just said. Listen. They don't. Listen, hey, ask my wife now. Even when I go home to Tuscaloosa, right, where I was born and raised, when I take her to the places that they don't see many people like, that look like her, guess what I do? Give me your purse. Because <laughs> they will take it and get to running. And L don't feel like chasing. I, 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 she'll tell you. But let me get back to my point about well, a thief, right? Could I say just one thing to, to echo what you're saying? Like you said, I mean, I'm guilty of just what Latham says. I don't lock my car doors at night. My daughter came to my house the other night and said, you need to lock your doors because people just walking through the neighborhood, open up both car doors, then they can open your garage and come on into the house. And I got an alarm on my house. I don't even set it every night. So we can get laxed and get comfortable because we live in a certain place, like you say. In my neighborhood, pretty small, quiet, nobody ever, we never, very seldom see the cops in there. So I don't feel threatened in that neighborhood, so I let my guard down. But that don't mean that one day somebody may decide that, hey, your neighborhood is next. We're well, working our way down 98. Well, and Pastor proved my point, the true story. First of all, again, let me, because I'm going to tell you a true story. So, 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 so when Jesus comes, it's going to be sudden and, and a surprise. It's going to be silent and it's going to be secret. Ain't nobody gonna know. Just like the thief. I mean, the thief thing like you're gonna call you, hey, Major, I'm gonna come by your house tonight. It's gonna be a secret. It will hit like a visit of a thief to the home of an absent, somebody say absent, or sleeping homeowner. So, so picture in your mind, 
<clears throat> a home that the owner is either not there or he sleeps. And if you sleep like I do, you ain't going to hear a thing. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. When I go, I go. But here's the thing. Sister Latham and I have a ritual. And I live in a, you know, I live in a good neighborhood. But I still got a ritual, like Doc said. The last one to get home, which is normally me, even though Beth may have been, my wife may be in there in the car, I check every car. I, I, I lock mine, and even though she done been in the house maybe hours, I check her car. Sure do. Just in case she forgot. Yeah, you know, because, you know, cause all, hey, we're in this thing together. We ain't going to get caught. And so, and then, Rock Major, when I go in the house, one of us, we lock the lock. Somebody say the lock. But then we go on and we lock the path lock, right? And then, <laughs> hey, hey, I'm prepared for the speech. <laughs> I set the alarm. And then I got an app on my phone to tell me, hey, you forgot to set the alarm. <laughs> uh oh, oh I'm, hey, Pastor, I'm being prepared just, 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 just in case. Just in case. True story, in my neighborhood, the same thing the pastor was describing, some thieves came to the hood, neighborhood. And all they did was went through the neighborhood checking every car done. And guess how many they found? About 10 of them. Some folks had their wallets, their purses, and everything in there, and they took it all. They caught them, but guess who they didn't catch? Because Beth knows. We don't leave no valuables in the car, and I'm going to lock it up. They got your way? So, see, so you ain't pour my point there. I no, 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 I didn't leave it unlocked. She left her car unlocked. <laughs> we don't have the same ritual as you and got. We ain't got that ritual. <laughs> oh, 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 amen. Amen to start no, hey, yeah, amen to start. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we, come on, come on now. All I'm saying, the same preparedness that you should prepare for a thief, the same, the same energy that I put in preparing for a thief that may come to my house, I need to put that same emphasis on preparing for when thief is coming. <laughs> what? Yeah. Because the Bible says he's coming like a thief in the night. Make, I, ain't, I ain't got time to be trying to get, I mean, to, to, oh, oh, make a just, it's too late then. That's like your pastor said. I come to Bible study on Wednesday. I go to church every Sunday. I usher. If Jesus ain't came back yet, I could get laxed. That's yeah, and, 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 and that's what he's trying this is what Paul is trying to convince you not to do. Because it's easy. Right. It's easy to become complacent. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, when I was little, they, 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 they what, I think the, it was like the three little pigs, I don't know. what they, they, Y'all heard that story, right? They kept, and then one time he kept coming, and every time he came, they faked him. It, it, was, it, it wasn't real. And then when he finally came, they didn't react. 
because they thought it wasn't real. And that's when he got caught. Sister Myrna, you got to live your life knowing that Jesus is coming back, but you don't know when he's coming back. If you take that focus, you have your life much better. The challenge for most people is they don't live their lives like he's coming back like a thief. They're looking for signs. They're looking for, and what makes it so bad, you know, he ain't going to come like, you know, through a hurricane or nothing like that. I don't know how he's going to come, but you don't either. So you got to govern your life like you don't know. There's nothing stopping Jesus from coming back right now. <laughs> hey, you can walk, we can end Bible study and walk out the door and Jesus could come right then. And so again, Paul is trying to get those Thessalonians and now us to understand that Jesus is coming back. So, 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 watch well, this. Uh, uh, so did the Thessalonians get complacent? Yeah, see, see, because here's what happened. Paul preached such a powerful message that Jesus was coming back, but they thought Jesus was coming back right then and there, so they st- some of them stopped working. They stopped putting the, you know, well, he's coming back, I ain't got to do nothing. Sit there, just wait. The problem with that analogy is, he never told them when. And so what happened, even though they, some of them, they, they, they stopped looking for, and then they got to being busybodies. You know, well, hey, Jesus coming back, instead of, you know, living his life, they're they concerned about what you're doing. No, but I was thinking that they were Christians anyway. Why did, why did he feel like he had to tell them that anyway? I mean, to, to get ready. They were already ready, or they should have been preparing themselves anyway. He's telling, he told, I believe, based on my research, he's telling them that the same reason he's telling us. Every person that said, I'm a Christian, ain't living like that they're ready for Jesus to come back. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and, 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 and I'm not asking us to be a, in a judgmental spirit because you can't control nobody but you. And so when, 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 you, when you hear Paul talking to these guys. He's talking to the masses, but the, the only person you can, can control is you. I can, I, I, listen, I've been married to this beautiful lady for 38 years, and guess what? I have figured it out. I can't control. We love each other, but hey, I don't control her. You're going to say amen, baby. And she let me know that every night. <laughs> so what I'm saying, Major, see, I, I told you, I'm a trans. The only person you can control is you. But you've got to share this good news with everybody as Doc's saying. We're going to see that later. See, you can't, listen, 
just because it's not good enough for you to get this good news, Adrian, knowing that Jesus is coming back and keep it to yourself. See, you can't keep it to yourself because there's some folks out there need to be reminded that he's coming back because if, if you don't tell them, you don't tell them, and somebody else don't tell them, they're going to get caught surprised. They're going to get caught. Surprise. Verse 3. Look at the scenario he painted. It says, when people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains begin, and there will be no in other words, Jesus, he said, or Paul is saying, hey, listen, folk going to go around saying everything is hunky-dory. Everything is good. Everything, peace, ain't nothing, ain't nothing going on. Major, uh, everything is all right. You know, that same scenario happened when Jeremiah the prophet was talking to the children of Israel. What he was doing, he was trying to let them know that, hey, you got to live in an order because if you don't change the way you live, God is going to send destruction. He, he was telling them that. But guess what? People don't like those kinds of messages. People don't like being told that Jesus is coming back and you got to live as if he's coming back. They don't like, people like to hear feel-good messages. People like to be told, hey, be you. Do what makes you feel good. Live your truth. That's what they want to hear, but that's the wrong answer. So what happened, Major, is Jeremiah was still telling them, hey, if you don't change, Jesus is going to come back, and you go, and he going, and, 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 or, or if you don't change, God is going to send destruction. Guess what happened? Destruction came. And they were unprepared because they rather respond to the feel-good message than the message that is true. The true message that we're talking about tonight is that there is without certainty that Jesus Christ is coming back. That's a fact. And you and I have to live every day, every day, as if he's coming back. You, you got a purpose in your mind, Major. I'm going to live Monday through Sunday just like he I ain't going to live Monday through Wednesday and then stop on Thursday, Friday. <laughs> what happens if he comes on Friday? Then you're going to be in a world of hurt. That's all he's trying to say. He's trying to get them to understand that as a Christian, your life should be lived like Jesus is coming back like a thief in the night. 
No warning. No advance notice. None of those things. Any questions? We see that happening even in our time. Let, let's be real. How many of you pay attention to what's going on in the world today? I do. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get alarmed. Well, I do. Actually, I, I, Doc, folks, Herbie, I had to even correct myself. I, 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 I get shocked at how I see people living. Even though the Bible tells me that folk going to do it, I'm still alarmed. I'm like, man, they living like the, that Jesus ain't even real and he ain't coming back. Everybody got their own truth now. Your truth shouldn't mess with my truth. When the only truth is the word of God. Everything has to be compared to what God says. And if it differs to what God is challenging you to do, then that truth is not truth. <laughs> it's not. Any questions? Verse 3. Verse 4. We're going to move to verse 4. Any comments? We're talking about Jesus Christ's imminent return, right? Verse four and four, verses 4 and 5. New Living Translation. It says, so, so again, he's talking to, to, to Christians. And he's saying, hey, listen, the people, who, the, the, the wicked people, the evil people, they're going to be surprised when Christ comes. But he's saying that you shouldn't be too surprised, neighbor. Not on the specific day, but that, that when he comes. So we're going to read it. Here's what it says. And he's talking to Christians, the Thessalonians, us, verse 4 and 5. But you aren't in the dark. Y'all hear me, right? You aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. Verse 5, for you all are children of the light and the day. We, do, we don't belong to darkness and night. He's reiterating the fact that Jesus' return will be surprised for the non-believers. But it should not be a surprise to you, neighbor. You, you can't call yourself a Christian and be surprised that Jesus is coming back. <laughs> he said, you ain't in the dark. I done told you I'm coming back. So you ain't, you know, you are children of the light. You, you are children of the day. Christians shouldn't be staggering through this life as if Jesus ain't coming back. You, you, you should know within yourself, based on the God that you serve, the Bible that you believe in, that he is coming back. And you should live like you believe. You should live like that. He says, you do not belong to the night. See, you got to understand something, man. That's a powerful statement. Your knowledge 
that Jesus is coming back, your knowledge of the future should grant you confidence in the present. Y'all didn't catch that, did you? Your confidence in the future, your, your, your knowledge of the future should grant you confidence in your present. What do I mean by that, Adrian? I know that Jesus is coming back. And because I know he's coming back in the future, I can walk with confidence right now. <laughs> See, I know that he's coming back so I can walk in victory right now. I know, and again, I am so bought in the fact that Jesus is coming back I consider it done. I consider it a done deal. No debate. So now that I know that, I'm confident right now. And I'm going to live my life right now like he's coming back at some point in the future. Does that make sense? Any questions, any comments? Listen, we're going to get there. I'm trying to stay on track, Herb, because I, I get excited. But there's some, there's, some, there's some good nuggets in here. And I, and I, I can see some of y'all thinking, your minds are rolling, and y'all y'all say, man, this, this, Christian, this Christian walk thing is, is, it requires a lot of us. Yep. And at the end of the day, you children of light. You children of the day. God expects you to be the example to those who are in the dark. <laughs> Listen, some people gonna, will only come to the, to the light if they see the light in you. And so again, he, he's talking, so, so, we, 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 so, so if no further comments. Verse 6. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Stay alert and clear-headed. What he's telling us, Doc, is we must, be, we must stay awake and be self-controlled rather than sleep and drunk. Now, this is a spiritual reference to, to spiritual soberness and spiritual drunkenness. Here's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the challenge for you as a Christian. You got to pay attention to your spiritual eye. You got to put in some work to grow spiritually. See, see a lot of times you, people think they're going to grow spiritually just by spending a few minutes here and there. And you, you'll grow a little bit. But if you really want to be a spiritual person as Jesus, you got to put in some work. You got to pay attention. That's why I believe that a lot of you are online tonight and in the house. Because you understand that, hey, I need to grow spiritually. I got to pay attention. See, spiritual growth, Adrian, does not happen by osmosis. That's major. That's why you can go in some places and people can be in there for a long time but if you deal with them 
enough, you'll find out that they may be bathed in Christ. You see, just, hey, listen, I, I, I appreciate you coming here and, and listening to, to me and whoever the speaker is, but you need to still put in some more work. Wednesday night is not enough to fight this battle that you're fighting. <laughs> this is only a, a refresher. You need to put in your own work. <sighs> okay. Verse 7. Night is the time when people sleep and drinkers get drunk. Now watch what he says here. As we look at verse 7, you will see that Paul was saying that sleep and drunkenness are activities of the night. Y'all do know that, right? Back in biblical days, it was, it, 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 it was a shame it was shameful to be caught drunk in the daytime. You know, back, even back when I was growing up, not now, but I see, back, in, back when I was growing up, when I was younger, most of the time when I ran into the drunks, it was at night. Look at you. Come on, man. Even now, if you walk out there for, I mean, you know, where well, the world has changed a lot now. You don't expect, you don't expect folks, first of all, as Chris, we don't expect them to get drunk anyway. But you don't expect nobody to be sloppy drunk in the daytime. I know it. <laughs> but in the biblical times when he wrote this, he was saying, hey, these activities are associated with nighttime, right? So let's, let's, let's look at this. Because it, it, it's good, right? I want to share something with you. Watch this, because you, you, you can miss it. Paul highlights sleeping people and drunk people. So let's talk about sleeping people and drunk people. And I bet you, I believe, that you're going to see something that you, that you may not have seen before. Sleeping people and drunk people are not in touch with or in control of their own life. <laughs> Just think about it. When you sleep, you ain't in control of <laughs> nothing. Well, get your get a mic. You know, I like they're saying you sleep. I thought of it as like lack of knowledge, and then because like we say today, when you're woke, it means you you know things. Yeah, and, that, and that's another that's another possible way of looking at. It. So, so different analogies, but, but, but on point. But would you agree? Just think about it. When you are asleep, what are you controlling? I mean, it, just, uh, that's, that's a real question. When you are drunk, what are you controlling? So, so again, so again, he, 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 he brings these points out because he wants us to understand. So sleeping people and drunk people are out of touch with the world around them. 
out of touch. The only time sleeping people are sometimes in touch is when they dream. You know, you're in touch with something. Drunk people lose the ability to make wise decisions. <laughs> drunk people don't, they lose the ability because they're drunk to have the ability to make wise decisions. Just think about it. I mean, you know, I, you guys all here, Christian, you probably ain't never been drunk. But, but again, because I'm a transparent person, I've been drunk before. And I didn't make wise decisions. I, I remember one time, if I could share, am I being too graphic? I'm trying to make a point here. I remember one time, Major, I woke up and my wife was having me in the shower. I don't even know how I got you. I'm not saying it to glorify me. I'm saying it because I was so drunk, I had the in, I was incapable of making a wise decision. And you need to understand that drunk people and sleep people, you need to understand that you lose the ability to control your I thank God for to clean me up. But again, Jesus is, or Paul is making a point because he wants us to, he don't want us to get drunk spiritually. He wants you to be spiritually sober. He wants you to be alert at all times so that you can live the life that he would have you to live. He wants you to live as if every day you're living your life as if it's daytime. Wow. Somebody said, man, this is a lot. That's a struggle, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. But, but again, it's, it's doable, right? Verse 8. But let us live in the light, be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and, and wearing as our helmet the, the confidence of salvation. Here's what, go ahead, Doc. Yes, go ahead, sir. I wanted to touch a little bit on what you were talking about there, being sober-minded. As Christians, we go from day to day in our mundane activities, and if we are not sober-minded, meaning that we have a mind of Christ on a daily basis, we can miss people that are passing by our way mm. that we are supposed to minister to, we're supposed to speak to, but because we are we have our blinders on or we are drunken by the world's busyness that we miss that opportunity. Wow. And those, those, are, the, those are the things that, that, that sort of plagues me because um, I would hate to know that someone's 
soul or someone's deliverance or someone who needed a seed planted was missed because I wasn't sober on that day. And so even more that we need to be sober every day. That's good, Doc. That's good. Sober because, you know, you never know when God is going to send an opportunity for you to make a decision in somebody's life. Just think about that. If you say, I would hate to miss an opportunity where somebody's soul was waiting on me and I was not sober enough to do what it is that I should have done. Awesome. Verse 8, he says, But let us who live in the light, clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith and love, and wearing our helmet, the confidence of salvation, right? Paul opened up verse 8 with a conjunction, the word but, to show his readers that Christians should have a different character. In other words, we should be different than those who don't know Jesus Christ. It should be significant different, not because we're better, but because we have a relationship with him. And because we have a relationship with him, we know what it is that he would have us to do, and we're living those things. He says, Christians are the day and the life. He was, again, talking about self-control, being well-balanced, and making the decision to, 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 to live right. An important part of being prepared for Christ's return is being properly dressed. And so here we see him address, he talked about, he talked about the armor of faith, love, and, and wearing our salvation, the helmet of salvation, right? And so here's what I meant when I said this. As Christians, we need to know and be armed as if we are at war. You need to be living your life like you are at war with the forces that would cause you to try not to live like Christ would have you to live. The Christian life is a struggle. For some, I, to be honest, because at the end of the day, even Paul says it was a struggle. He didn't say, it, but it's a good struggle. He says, hey, listen, every time I try to do right, evil is always present. In other words, so what he did is he said, okay, I know this, so I got to build myself up to make sure that I make the right decision when evil presents itself. And that's what you and I got to do. Listen, evil will never stop messing with anyone, even as a Christian, right? Look what he says. He says the, 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 the... Armor of faith and love. And then he says the helmet of salvation, right? 
Notice that he put faith and love together. Did y'all catch that? Faith and love has to be working together in order for you and I to be living the way that we should be living when Christ returns, right? He even uh, applies uh, faith and love to a breastplate. And, and how many of y'all remember oh, the, oh, the armor and what a soldier wears, right? And so let's, let's look at that. Let's break that down, right? The breastplate, as you know, in, the, in, in, in those days, it covered the neck all the way down to the side. And it covered the front, and it covered the back. It was there to protect the vital organs of the soldier. Liver, heart, kidneys, right? Because they knew that, hey, if those things get pierced, life could cease to exist, right? And so he said, hey, you got to wear faith and love as if it was a breastplate. He also paints the analogy that if you fail to wear this breastplate of faith and love, that it could take you out of living the way you should live as a Christian. Then he talks about the helmet of salvation. We know that the helmet covers the head. It covered the ears. And what you got to see in the spirit, it, it was talking about protecting the mind. See, you got to protect. when If you're going to be found living like Jesus Christ would have you to live when he comes, you got to have all of those operating in unity. The hope of salvation, what is that? Listen, you, the hope of salvation is you have a future hope that Jesus is returning. That's, that, that is the foundation of the Christian life. Whatever you got to do, Major, you can't lose hope in the fact that Jesus is coming. That's why you got to protect your head or your mind from all of this stuff that's happening. See, this world is it's, it's upside down now, and there are some folks who have not protected their head, and they're buying into all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they are. There are people who, who used to, quote unquote, be Christians, they have not protected themselves, their hearts, their vital organs, their minds, and they have walked away from the... And you and I got to do everything within our power based on the word of God to make sure that we are not one of those. I'm telling you, it's knocking off heavy hitters, Doc. Folk, I mean, folk that have been, you know, claimed to be saved for a long time are walking away from the faith because they don't believe that Jesus is coming back.
Paul called the helmet the hope of salvation. As I stated earlier, salvation speaks to the future inheritance of believers. How many of you know that you got an inheritance coming to you? Amen. I mean, I, I asked the question, but I mean, didn't sound like we wanted to. Believe it. Listen, the Bible says you got an inheritance. And see, when the Bible says something, as a Christian, we just got to accept it as fact. I got an inheritance coming to me. You got an inheritance coming to you. Verse 9. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ, not to pour out his anger on us. Paul is giving us the reason for the hope of salvation is that God has appointed us to not undergo the wrath that he's going to pour out when Jesus comes. See, a lot of people don't realize when Jesus comes, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good time for some and not so good time for us. Y'all know that, right? The day of the Lord is when he's coming to bring judgment and blessing. But he's going to let you and I know that we don't have to worry about the judgment. Because we have accepted his son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior. He's going to protect us. That's why he said, you've been saved. You, you, you just hold on to the hope. I took care of you. But for those that, 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 that didn't, for whatever reason, establish that relationship with him, they're going to be in a, a little bit of trouble. Verse 10 and 11. Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up as you're already doing. See, again, it's so important to know that Major, when Jesus comes, he's going to come for you whether you dead or alive. Whether you, see, see again, that's why we ain't got to be checking no calendar. We ain't got to be doing all that. When he comes, I'm in. I don't know where I'm going to be, but because I've already accepted him and you've accepted him, wherever or whenever he comes, we're going to be all right. And, and see, 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 and what he says, now encourage each other with those words. See, see, as Christians, we should be encouraging each other. Hey, stay the course. I, you should be encouraging me. I should be encouraging you because at the end of the day, we're going to be all right. Right. Wow. He said, build up. See, you and I are responsible for encouraging and building each other up, especially in times like these. <laughs> Man, there are some Christians out there that need to be encouraged right now. 
there's some, there's some Christians out there or people that you know that COVID has, put, has taken them all off track. And Major or Doc Morton or Elizabeth or, or, or Adrian needs to stop by and say, hey, I just I, I stopped by this to tell you. You're going to be all right. I, I, I know what it looked like, but don't believe your lying eyes. Because <laughs> Jesus is still in control, and he has made provision for each and every one who has called on his name and accepted his salvation. He has made provision for you. And we are to encourage those of, those, of us who that may be wandering in the faith, right? Verse 12 and 13. Dear brother, now here what he does is he, 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 he shifts his gears for a little bit. and He, he, he wants us to, to, to pay honor and, and, and respect to, to pastors and those that are in leadership, right? And so, 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 let, so let's, let's take a moment here because that, that is important. He says, dear brothers and sisters, verses 12 and 13, New Living Translation. Those of you who are your leaders, those who are your leaders in the Lord's work, they work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance, right? In other words, he said, hey, listen, those pastors and leaders, they, 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 they've been given a special responsibility. How many of y'all know that? Again, I only got one or two, amen. Pastors have been given a special responsibility. We all got responsibilities, but they've been given a special responsibility. And, 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 and just because I work beside one, I know that that responsibility is And he's, and Paul said, hey, you need to understand that that is, that is, some, that is some serious work. And because of their work, somebody say their work. He's talking to those pastors who are working. Now, he, you give respect to everybody. But he's talking about special uh, respect to those pastors who are putting in the work to do what it is that God called them to do. He said, you should honor and respect them. Show them great, verse 13, show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peaceable with each other. He's encouraging them to honor and respect their pastor, right? But at the end of verse 13, he throws in something that doesn't seem to appear to fit right there. And to live peaceable with each other. Wait a minute. He's telling us to pay honor and respect to pastors because of their work. But then he says, and you. He ain't talking to pastors now. He's talking to you, me, all the other ones. He said, and live peaceable with each other. Any, anybody, anybody, well, how did that get there? 
I know, uh, I know it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. I, I'm not trying to discount that. But the point I'm trying to make here is this. First of all, when he says peace with each other, he's not talking about the absence of disagreement. Y'all didn't catch that, right? See, a lot of times we, can, we, 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 we think that peace means the, the, the absence of disagreement. You can have peace and disagree. He's not talking about that because at the end of the day, in other words, he's saying, hey, even if you disagree, value the person you disagree with. Here, 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 can I say something? And this is just my notes. Well, you know, I believe he dropped in there. I, I, I don't believe it was an accident that Paul put that there. Why did I say that? In most church bodies, the biggest challenge in those church bodies is for people to live in that body I'm going to just stop by. I'm going to let that sing in. In, mo in most churches, bodies of believers, the biggest problem is not the spiritual guidance. It's the people not embracing that peace of living peaceable together with each other. And so, again, I, I just I want to highlight. Any questions, any comments so far where we are? Verse 14 and 15. Uh-oh. We're going to be there. First Thessalonians 14 15. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are. Can I, am I supposed to be able to say this? My New Living Translation says this one. So I'm just going to read. I'm reading out the Bible. We, I, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take care of those who are weak. Be patient with a few. What? What? With, with everyone? We, we, we supposed to be patient with everyone? See that, verse 15, see that no one pays evil, back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to some people. Wait a minute, Major. Go ahead. Uh, Mike, get a mic. My understanding is no matter what, we must love each other, even if we have a disagreement, and Amen. do as much as we can for each other. Absolutely. Cannot be selfish. Love is supposed to trump all of us. Yes. Absolutely. For those who are idle, some of your Bible said idle, mine said, my, mine said lazy, Paul said we should warn them. We should encourage them, right? He said to those who are timid or discouraged, Paul said we should offer comfort to them. 
To those who are weak, we should offer help to them. And see, the point you need to understand is that sometimes you can, you know, you could be the, the weak. So, 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 so you want, because there, there are points sometimes for some of us that we have a weak point. When I say weak, I ain't talking about, you know, uh, uh, physically. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes we, we can be going through some stuff. I'll I never forget when my, when my son was in the hospital. You know, I'm a, I'm a champion of faith. I mean, I mean, I, I believe that God walking beside me. I, I believe I can walk, you know, in my mind through walls. But when they told me he had cancer on the brain, <laughs> I was weak. But I thank God for the saints who would call me and say, "Hey, everything gonna be." I mean, there were some people who were texting me every. That's the same attitude that we should have for each us. us. We should be on the lookout looking for that saint who's having a difficult time and be ready to be there for them. Help them pull through. Right? And so again, he's talking about, and then he says, be patient with everyone. Wow. That's a, that, that, that's a, that's a, that's a big challenge. But he said, be patient with everyone. Wait, wait a minute. What, what do you mean, everyone? Everyone sounds like, to me, an all-inclusive term. We must be patient with people who are sinning. Oh, I, 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 I know y'all want to hear that. But listen. Before you came to Jesus, somebody was patient with you. <laughs> Raise your hand if you came to Jesus the first time somebody told, told you about it. <laughs> somebody showed you patience. There's some folks out there that we don't, may not like the way they live, and we should encourage them to change their lives, but we got to be patient with them. And not turn our nose up and forget about it. I never forget Adrian. The guy who, the guy who, who brought me to Christ. I still remember his name. His name is Barb. You know that there, there's certain things that you just remember, significant events. And I remember when this guy came to me talking about, you know, you know, hey, you need to change your life. The first time, I cussed him out. Man, you need to get out of here with that Jesus stuff. Listen, man, I'm over here in Europe. I'm doing Europe right now. But he kept coming. And I, when I got saved, the first person I called beside my mama was him. The thing. Then I called my mama, and she said, man, I thought... You're going to have to wait to come to the States to get saved. No, I got saved up in, New, in England. God is everywhere. And so, again, we have to be patient with people who are sin. We have to be patient. I got another one here. Who are suffering. See, there are going to be some people who are going through some stuff. And when they're suffering, sometimes they have the propensity to project their suffering on you. 
<laughs> but in spite of that, you need to show them patience while they're suffering and believing that and helping them get through it, right? We have to be patient with Major, with them guys who appear to not want to change. Huh? I hate God, let God give you a definitive time. He's going to try to put me on, on a time, and you're trying to put me on a calendar. I'm going to be like Jesus, thief in the night. I ain't going to let you put me on no calendar. Let God tell you. But again, he, he's, he's trying to teach us something. Amen, amen, can, amen. Can I, can I say something? Absolutely, Brother Hurt. Uh, one of the things, you know, as, as we read in this, what Paul was talking to uh, Thessalonians, he wrote to them trying to encourage them and give them some instruction and and as we looked as you were reminding them also as he wrote on Galatians and he knows uh, what the gospel has given unto them and one of the things that uh, Paul wrote to Galatians to let them know that uh, once they turn their life over they have the Holy Spirit, Amen. and you have the Spirit of of the Lord Amen. to be able to do all the things that what um, Paul's talking to Thessalonians in Galatians. He says, "It says we all know the, the the fruit of the Spirit. You have the love, you have the joy, you have peace, and long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith." All that comes unto you once you are equipped with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And just be reminded of them not to be in sleep or go or be drunkard. Mm -hmm. Practice these things that was given unto you that you have strength to be able to do these things because you are uh, also that uh, you have these things of the Holy Spirit to be able to strengthen you when you are facing these things that uh, uh, so you won't sleep, you won't waver, that you will be prepared. That is things that you have to to hold on to. It's Amen. So Amen. you won't sleep. Amen. Do you understand? Yes, sir. You won't sleep when you have these things that uh, God has given us, uh, given unto them, and to just remind us to let you know that uh, once you are uh, uh, a child of God, that you are light, <laughs> and you have the strength to be able to show the fruit of the Spirit, to have the strength to be able to conquer those things, so you won't sleep, you won't be drunkard, you stay lit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sister. Verse 18, 16, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Always be thankful, present tense. Always be joyful, right? Because in other words, he's saying, hey, listen, you got to understand something. And he talks about it in Romans. You remember he says, hey, he, he alludes to the fact that, hey, you know, everything that happens to a Christian, God is, you know, if, if it's God-ordained or God-allowed, that it's going to work for your good. And, 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 and he says, never stop praying. See, the problem with, with, with a lot of church people is I don't know if they, 
we, we, we pray enough. You got to understand something. Prayer is your communication and communion with God. That's when you talk to him. That's when he talks to you. That's when you fellowship. You can't do that enough. And he said, be thankful. Gratitude. Lord, I thank you for the, 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 the things that I like in my life and the things that I don't necessarily like, but I understand that you are in control and you're working everything for my good. Everything. And that's the, the, the mindset that we have to have as Christians, right? Never stop praying. And then he says in, in verse um, 19, do not stifle, let me read that. The Holy Spirit talks about not stifling the Holy Spirit, right? See, a lot of times, and we've already known this, the, the, the Holy Spirit won't make you do anything that you don't want to do. And he's here to empower you and help you to live a life that Christ would have, but he, he, he's not going to make you, and you can quench him, you can stop him, you can repress him from doing the things that God has placed him in your life to do, right? He said, don't foster prophecies, verse 20, right? Prophecies simply, he's not talking, you know, when people get up there and prophesy, that could be part of it, but what he's really talking about is the Bible, the word of God, the spoken and written word. As Christians, you and I can't, can't scoff, at, scoff at these things. See, at the end of the day, if you're a Christian, the most important literature you can have is the Bible. If you read anything more than you read in the Bible, you, you may want to change that a little bit. Because the, the Bible is the only thing that's going to, or the, the primary source of making sure that you know what it is that God requires of you. The more time you spend in there, the more you know, and the better, if you apply it, the better off you will be, right? Don't scoff at prophecies, right? Verse 21. But test everything against the Bible. In other words, and so, so what has to happen, there are going to be some things that people bring into your life or, or they're going to bring in, 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 in your life. You've got to understand, they're going to say, hey, this is truth and this is truth. And the first thing that you've got to do when they, they, they bring you some stuff, how is what he or she saying lines up with the Bible? See, see that's, how, that's how you can catch it. Oh, I, 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 I Okay, I hear what you're saying. Let, let me take a minute. Wait a minute. That, that's contrary to what the Bible says. And if it's contrary to what the Bible says, you discount it. Because the Bible is the ultimate truth, right? Verse 22. Stay away from every kind of evil. That's a lot of evil out there. I mean, evil come in all shape, form, and fashion. But he tells you and I to stay away from all of it. Verse 23 through 24, it says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way and make your holy, whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless in the, our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul here is making it clear that God is working in our lives. And he is confident that he who has started a good work in you is going to finish what he started. And that's what you and I got to understand. Hey, when God starts something, he don't stop in the middle of a project. Some of us may stop. He finished what he starts, right? 
And then verses 25 through 28. Dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with Christian love. I command you in the name of Lord Jesus to read this letter to all brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Paul concludes by asking for prayer. And that's what we should do. We should ask for prayer and we should be praying for others. And then he said, hey, you need to share this letter with others. And may the grace of God and Jesus Christ be with you. Again, I know I tried to pack in a lot. My hope is that you, if, if, you, if you walk away here tonight with one thought, is this. That Jesus is coming back. And in that, because you have accepted him, you're going to be all right. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for Bible study tonight.